Hello there, and welcome to episode 16 of Sounds That Changed My Life. This one is going to be covering So What by While She Sleeps, and why it is very influential in our music processes now. We'll also be looking at how bands use technology in music. Also be chatting about the new uh, documentary by the Beatles, not by the Beatles, um, but by Peter Jackson. And we'll also be talking about how track orders in albums will also influence the way that we listen to albums and how important that is. If that sounds good to you, enjoy. We will see you at the end. Peace. Speak base. This is episode 16 of the Sounds That Changed My Life podcast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, So What by While She Sleeps. Uh, to my right is my co-host Tom. Um, if you've not been here before or it's the first time you've like seen us, uh, hello and welcome. Uh, we're just a couple of friends who love to get together and talk about everything music really. So, Albeit uh, remotely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, with all these uh, crazy times at the moment, especially uh, as this new variant's coming out. So Yeah, so as Josh said, we're going to be looking at So What? And um, it's one of our favourite While She Sleeps albums. Um, Absolutely. Of course, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and stuff, hello, welcome. You don't have to be looking at our beautiful faces. <laughs> you can just be listen- listening to our dulcet tones. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Firstly, what have we been up to in the last, I say week, but this will probably be going out about two weeks after because we're sitting on a backlog of content. So what have you been up to since the last time we spoke, Josh? Uh, I've actually been learning a lot on guitar recently, um, both electric and bass, uh, which I'm quite excited about. Um, I've got a few ideas of songs that I'd like to do covers for for the channel. Um, I won't give too much away just yet, but that content is going to start coming up and up and running again soon. So be sure to check that out when it's out. Nice. Uh, but apart from that, just uh, I've been listening to a playlist that we set up uh, through Spotify, uh, which is pretty much um, both of our types of music. Yep. Um, I've been listening to that a lot, and I I've thoroughly enjoyed it a lot. See, I'm glad that you yeah. liked it. So if you don't know what we're talking about, um, Spotify have introduced something called Blends. So you can send a, a like an invite to your friends and it will look at what music you're into and it will make a playlist for the both of you. So apparently mine and Josh's music taste is like a 91% match. If it was a no, Tinder <laughs> for music, we'd be like married by now. <laughs> so um yeah it's 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 a lot of fun to be fair listening to it and you know you still pick up stuff that you know you will actually like but it's not really stuff that you'd actively go and find which is cool mm. um so that's been that's been a lot of fun listening to i 
only knew about it because one of my friends, Mark, basically he sent me mine and his. And it was just full of David Bowie and George Michael. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I was walking home in the snow, listening to a careless whisper. It felt kind of romantic, really. Very nice. (laughs) So yeah, depending on when this podcast goes out, it has been snowing in the UK and it's not been a lot of fun. Um, So, you know, if it's going to hammer it down with snow and it's going to be like a foot of snow, amazing. But it's just been a little, a slight dusting not been nice um so yeah what about yourself what have you been up to in the past week um without all the boring stuff it was my birthday it was indeed it was um i didn't do anything i sat in the house the whole day like a loner and that was fun um (laughs) i went and treated myself to where is it on camera Ooh, a drum kit. <laughs> Hopefully that will show up in some content soon. Um, but in terms of fun stuff to talk about, honestly, I li- well, well, I watched, not listened, to um, I watched the new Beatles documentary on Disney Plus called Get Back. Oh, yeah. Any good? Oh, it's long. <laughs> How long? It's eight hours. What? <laughs> it took, Never. It took me three nights to watch it. Bloody hell. It's good. It's very, very good. If you've got the time to just kind of take over a few nights and things like that, um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's very mm. interesting to watch. And um, I, I've never been a crazy big Beatles fan. I appreciate them for what they did and all that sort of stuff. But I, as you know, I really love... Um, documentaries and music documentaries and stuff like that and it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff Mm. and it's so weird because all this footage has been sat in a vault for 50 years that's mad so seeing all this stuff that should have been black and white film in colour it's it's unreal (laughs) and it was directed by Peter Jackson obviously from the guy who did Lord of the Rings and um, I watched an interview earlier and he was saying how he was going to do like a two and a half hour version for like cinemas and stuff. Mm. And there was stuff that he just couldn't cut out and it ended up being there about seven and a half hours <laughs> because the concert at the end is 45 <laughs> minutes alone. Um, it's very interesting, but you know, they also built some new software where they took like conversations from the film Mm. and recordings and they were able to pull stuff out of it so if you hear basically they got annoyed with their director kind of listening on listening in on them and he'd hide microphones around the place to kind of listen to them um so they'd start strumming guitars and they'd whisper to each other and talk to each other while they're strumming guitars which at that point in the 60s you wouldn't be able to hear but with technology now They've developed software where basically they can pull the guitar out so you can listen to the conversations. I found it Ooh. so interesting. So I'm going to wait until the Christmas break and I'm going to binge the whole of that. In yeah. A day. I, <laughs> I watched it one evening and then I was due to go to work. I did go to work, by the way. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, I, I went to bed at like 2 a.m. And then I got Ooh. up the next morning and as I was getting ready for work, I put it on. It took me three evenings. 
but it was it's it's so good. Good man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'll uh, I'll give that a check out soon. So yeah, um, without making it into a Beatles podcast, <laughs> moving on to so what? Um, I think the first thing I'll ask you is why this album. Um, to be honest, it's very close. It's very, very, very close. I out of the whole dis- discography of this band, I am absolutely in love with two albums, and that is uh, "So What" and "Sleep Society." That's interesting. Yeah, I. Even though Sleep Society was a very, very, very strong album, there was just so much more that So What could offer offer to me. And I'd say it, it, it was very, very soon after it was released, I binged that album for months and months, and I mean literal months. Um because at that part of my life, I was driving a lot, and I'd just blast it in my car literally every day, every journey. I'd just blast it, blast it, blast it, and I, I got inside and out of it, man. Um, but no, it there was a lot of context within the music itself, which I, I felt I had more of a connection to. Um, for okay. instance, like antisocial. I, me personally, I'm not that much of a social media person. And the whole of that song is pretty much saying how uh, like people are getting consumed by social media, and it's it's taking people, it's taking away human connection without technology. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. I think you, I think you're right, and I think they hit on. To be fair, there's quite a lot of themes on. So what that revolve around i think it's commentary on basically the modern human condition if that makes sense without making it sound too dramatic like it's modern society if effect effectively so yeah i think you're right like writing a song about social media can be quite cheesy sometimes but i think it's Mm. one of those that that i think the way that they put it across was quite smart yeah, absolutely. Everything, like from down to like synths, guitars, bass, drums, vocals, it everything was done in such a way that, if if I'm completely honest, this is this album is definitely in one of my top five albums of all time for me. Um, there's not one song on there that I can see that I would say was a uh, like an album filler. It, they are as strong as each other. Yeah, I mean, no, I think I think you're right. Obviously, everything is subjective, and it can come down to, you know, personal opinion, and it can come down to preference and things like that. But I mean, I think that's one of the things I connect with on this album. Like, it's a bit political at parts, mm-hmm. which is fine because the way that you put it across is one way. Um, you know, if you put it across too forcefully that's when it comes across as a little cheesy or forced yeah whereas i think they were sort of trying to 
I think they were sort of trying to make a comment on certain things without directly actually addressing it on this album. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Um, it's not people saying, oh, go and vote for blah, blah. You know, go and do this, go and do that. It's basically them just commenting on a situation of a certain age group. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why some people do, you know, connect with it so much. It does surprise me that those two albums are your favourite. It doesn't surprise me about what, uh, so what, obviously, but... Um, um, Sleep Society is very good. Um, It sounds like I'm going to slag it off when I say that. It's very good. I just mean, when it comes to that album, it's a difficult one for me because I feel like it's a direct predecessor. Yeah. Sorry, no, a, a direct follow-on from... Yeah, yeah, yeah from the last album whereas they every album to... before has been so um separate okay like obviously they're a metalcore band but there's been different themes and there's been different um instrumentation that has changed across the albums even down to vocal styles mm. and they've all sounded so separate from each other and then you've got so what and sleep society which i think they're the two they are different albums, but I, I think they're the the closest together. I think. Yeah, I I think that's why I liked it so much. Like obviously, yeah. they saw the like the sheer success of so what that they then tried to f- follow on from that. But the reason why I ch- chose so what as my uh, well for the album that I'd like to um, choose by this band, it's because I just find it that slightly bit more stronger. Yeah, um, this there are some very good songs on uh, Sleep Society, but yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't as as there for me. It's it's kind of interesting because this has been the one album that since we started the podcast has sort of followed us. Mm. Um, it's the one that since like episode two we've been like we want to cover this, we want to cover this. Yeah, and it's just been finding the right way. Obviously, when you're developing something such as you know what we've tried to and what we started to develop here you want to make sure that everything is as good as possible before you talk about the things that you really love yeah um, not not saying that dookie like the first episode or anything like that the first episodes were like not thought out but you know we're more comfortable now mm-hmm. and this is a quite an important album to me anyway so that's why i quite like knowing that we've kind of taken our time to do this one Mm-hmm. But you know, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was thinking about all their albums, and I was sort of chronologically going through it in my head, and I was kind of going through the albums and thinking, oh, let's think of how they're all different. And mm-hmm. the one album I forgot about was "You Are We." Completely forgot okay. about it, <laughs> and I didn't mean to. But the one album that comes to mind in terms of, like you said, you got two favorite albums. I think. The way that I was looking at it is the first album was songs that they'd, ha- they'd had on EPs beforehand and they'd fully fleshed it out into an album. Yeah. Um, the second album was like sophomore effort, second album, fever sort of thing. I think that's probably their heaviest album. That This is a six. No. Um, it's got brainwashed on it. Is it called brainwashed? 
I don't know. Um, so yeah, brainwashed. Yeah, brainwashed. It's the red album. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I think that's their heaviest album, personally. It's the least metalcore album as well, I think. Mm. Whereas everything after that, I think, was um, set up. So it's kind of like a trilogy for me because you are we. Um, so what? And Sleep Society are very similar in tone. But I also think it comes down to the way that the vocal styles are. They started doing, doing the Alexis on Fire thing, which I've said countless times before. Yeah. Where they have like a, a harsh vocalist, someone who does like gritty vocals, and then someone who basically sings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when they sort of hit a stride with it. So the two. That was like their path. I think so, yeah. And I think the two albums that stand out is, you know, Brainwash, because it was like, right, rather than trying to top what we did, let's just do something heavy. Mm-hmm. It was also the album that Loz screwed up his voice on, from what I know. Um, but I feel like You Are Weavers a great album, but I feel like that was them sort of getting used to a new style of writing, a new style of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to So What, and I think that's where they cemented it. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the, the Sleep Society album is them continuing on, and I feel like the next album that they do, I think it will be a departure. I think some, it's something will change. I hope so. It would be quite refreshing if they do. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say next. What would you want to hear from them in the future? You know, not not that you should, you know, anticipate change or want change because this is obviously why we're talking about an album that we love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's something from the albums that you would like to kind of emphasise more or hear more of, what would you like to hear more of? Uh, so this is going to be very biased purely for the fact that like, I'm very... Like guitar influenced the uh, it was like a mini documentary that they made for uh, so what yep after watching that seeing the sheer complexity but also sh- sheer simplicity of the way Sean works like he it almost seems like he's the brain behind the band and the music yeah, I think there he, always is, isn't there? Yeah, he has got such an imaginative, uh, imaginative mind for music. It's it's unreal, and I think it's great. It's it goes from like the effects that he uses on his guitar, but he then takes that and uses it in a completely different way that it, it's normally supposed to. And I find that fascinating, like really fascinating. And I'd probably say that is the main kind of thing that I'd like to see him do more. Yeah. Um, But also, like, he does vocals, which I didn't realize until I saw that documentary. Um, I think he did it a lot more on So What and Sleep Society. Like, I think that's... Obviously, when you watch the documentary, because I'm the same as you, like, the, the documentary, I liked the album... Mm-hmm. before the documentary and then when i watched the documentary it kind of took my appreciation to a whole another level yeah. um for that album 
Um, and I feel like being as they'd been sat on that material for a long time and they were struggling with it and obviously there was personal issues happening throughout the band and all that sort of stuff. I feel like it will get to a certain point where he probably just goes, oh, fuck it, let's just give it a go. Yeah. You know, not even about like, oh, I'm going to be the lead vocalist, but, you know, I've got to get it down somehow. And obviously they've been a band for such a long time that they can translate this stuff to each other and say, oh, this is what I want to show you. That they probably just, you know, even if it was like a scratch vocal, they probably were like, oh, well, we'd, let's just layer it up and keep it. You know, let's let's see how yeah. it sounds. And I think it brings another dynamic to the to the album, I think. It's nice because it's finally starting to come out of his shell further, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, like the synth work on Sleep Society. You can, yeah. you can hear how it starts to be implemented on So What. I'd like to hear more of that. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'd, I'd like... Like I'm not comparing them at all, but the way Bring Me the Horizon they started off like like deathcore, like ultra heavy. Um, then they went into do more uh, just metal, and then they went to like really soft stuff, um, kind of like radio friendly uh, stuff. And then they've started implementing all of that kind of uh, like background. I'd like. Uh, Walsh's Loops to do that I'd like them to take a slightly softer approach to the next album and then once they come back for a further album or two or three albums in the future then they implement everything they've done so far just to make something absolutely kick ass yeah I mean like I I agree to a, I agree to a certain point so the thing okay. that uh, I do like Bring Me and obviously we, we've listened to them for years I just, I just feel like each album could be t- quite drastic. What so, in terms of style? Yeah, like the shift of tone. I feel like when they brought out Sam Paternal and Jordan joined the band, um, you know, they had to move away from a very heavy style, mm-hmm. and they had like they had keys and synths put into the albums, and they've always worked with that sort of sound anyway. So, oh, okay, we might as well have someone doing it with us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after that, I think it was, I lose track of their albums. <laughs> um, but fast forward to like Ammo, and then the Simps sort of go too far. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Um, it was the, uh, that's the spirit was in between. So that's the spirit went very radio rock, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you could sort of see it going that way with Semitonal. Um, because of the, like, when you see them playing at festivals and things like that. But then they bring out ammo, and sometimes it can alienate people too much. Yeah, and sometimes to be honest. Exactly. So, you know, you can really look at, sometimes it goes too far, and then they've brought out the, the new EP, for instance, and they've kind of reined it back, and it's gone heavy again. I wouldn't like to see it go that drastic. Mm. I'd like to see them lean on some synths a little bit more, lean on some weird effects and stuff like that. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to lose what makes them while she sleeps, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I love the whole DIY aspect they do. It's 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 fascinating just to see how how much they'll do for themselves. Yeah, I think that's and what I, I connect with the most, to be honest. Yeah. You know, the fact that they'll just get some hardware and they'll just sit and tweak and mess about and 
try to find weird noises and sounds and stuff like that. That's how music was like decades and decades ago. Like there, there wasn't yeah. no fancy uh, pedals or software that you could uh, plug your guitar into or some keyboard or whatnot. Like in the fifties, sixties, and that's um, the key. And I think the way that I look at it is, you know, software nowadays. The people who use it the best are the people that use it as a tool. Yeah, you know, not as an instrument. Mm-hmm. And then they'll kind of use hardware to be the instrument. And they'll emphasize it with that tool being the software. And I feel like, you know, that's when you can really hear a difference. Um, Like I remember sending you something from, I'm pretty sure it was either Sean or the While She Sleeps Instagram. When I think they ran a synth through like the uh, whammy pedal, the pitch changer pedal. (laughs) And I was blown away and I was just sat there like, oh my God, just need to try something silly like this. I was going to say, it's these kind of things until you, you don't really think of until you actually see it like someone else do it. And then it, it inspires you to then try and jump outside the box. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's there's not enough bands now that are being really exciting and pushing the envelope with metalcore. I think that's why I listen to so much different music now, to be honest. Like, I, I do love hard rock, metal, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I, I tend to listen to it in a certain mood or a certain headspace. Because Okay, so you'll listen to it depending on how you're feeling that day. Yeah, just because, like, sometimes I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll just be like, this isn't... I'm finding this quite boring. Mm. Um, And I feel like people that listen to... So, for instance, Oddie Sykes is a prime example of what we were just talking about. You know, he said in interviews he doesn't really listen to, um, he doesn't listen to metal. He listens to loads of different styles of music, and then you can hear that influence. Mm. Whereas when you've got bands and you've got people that only listen to metal, then they will only ever produce metal, and they won't open and broaden their horizons. So that's it's, probably why Bring Me As like steered so drastically apart each album yeah so from what i know i think jordan's not that into metal or he's not you know he was never really in metal bands and stuff like that i could be wrong um but you know you can hear the influence there and i think it's it's quite important to have someone to help steer it in a different direction sometimes maybe not steer it completely off the track but I think it's kind of nice to have someone to be like, well, maybe you should try it this way. Mm. Rather than playing it on this, why don't we play it with a completely different instrument instead? Or, you know, things like that. can It can really push things into a more creative space. And mm. ultimately, that's what it is, isn't it, when you're writing music? Oh, absolutely. It's trying no to be as creative no as possible, isn't it? So, Definitely. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see. But... Kind of going back to the album then, what would you say? Obviously, you said there's no album fillers, but if there's a least favourite? Because you know what the question after this is going to be, so. Because I'm pretty sure I know mine. I'd probably say back of my mind. Even really? though it's such a good song. Yeah, I don't know. I When I get further and further through the album, I 
my attention span starts to wither and I know like the last song, Gates of Paradise, I, I know that is an absolute banger and I know it's right at the end, so I will listen to the album like regardless. But yeah. my mind will be like thinking of like other things at that point, uh coming up to the towards the end of the, the album. Yeah. Um it's it is a fantastic song, but I, I don't know. I, I can't. There's not a good enough reason to say why it is, but it it probably would be um, for the fact that my attention span starts to drift off. So, do you think if it was point. placed earlier in the album, you'd listen to it more? Oh, of course, definitely. See, I find that really interesting because that goes back to obviously the the thing that um, has recently happened with Adele and Spotify. What was that? So obviously Adele's new album came out last week. Yeah. And when you go onto Spotify, there's a play button when you go into an album view. Hmm. And there is a, right next to the play button, there's a shuffle button. Okay. And she spoke to the, she spoke to Spotify and got them to remove the shuffle button from the album view. So you can still oh, yeah. shuffle the music. So if you're on, if you're playing music, you can click shuffle. But hmm. if you look at an album on Spotify, it'll just show a play button. Because obviously a lot of musicians will put a lot of thought into the track listing, especially if it comes to progressive and, you know, concept albums and stuff like that. It's supposed mm. to be listened to in order. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Adele's is like, you know, it's a journey and it's supposed to be listened to in order. So mm-hmm. um, that, I think that's why I asked that question, because I find it quite interesting. Because it's, it's more of a psychological thing, isn't it? Sometimes as you're kind of attention wears off you kind of don't listen to a song in the same way yeah if i was to listen to the the album like in reverse it would probably be the same like it's like when it gets to what is track two and track three i'll probably start losing it not interest but just start thinking of other things at that point but like i said there's there's no there's no real song on there which i find is an album filler fortunately but unfortunately <laughs> see so the funny thing um, is is like if i'm going to answer my own question there um it's it's kind of weird because i always find myself skipping the first i listen to antisocial but i've listened to mm-hmm. it to death so sometimes i'll skip that yeah, and then the next two songs I've seen it all in Inspire. I will skip. Really, I don't really know them too much. I like them, but I don't know them too much. And then the rest of the album, I, I will just listen to all the way. Yeah, because I feel like the album starts. This sounds bad. It sounds horrible, and I don't mean to. I feel like the album starts when you get to Guilty Party. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. I feel like Guilty Party, Haunt Me, and then Elephant are like three songs that are just relentless and then set you free is a is this shift in tone but it's still it's still a big song mm. just in a different way so yeah i find myself more weighted towards the back end of the album so that really surprises me but i i don't know why but i'd say the first Tracks, well, Antisocial, So What, The Guilty Party and Elephant are the strongest songs on there, personally for me. I agree. Um, 
but no, I'm really surprised that tracks two and three you don't really listen to. Yeah, they are to me. I, I I think they're absolutely phenomenal. Like a especially inspire. I I know, I know how they go, but to to me, there's. I I swing through different times of enjoying different things, so I guarantee you, maybe six months down the line, I'll really enjoy them. Mm. But there's nothing that really hooks me into them, like you know, for instance, um, in Elephant, you know, the chorus is so catchy, mm-hmm. um, and the back end of Gates of Paradise, when it goes very melodic, you know that. It's almost like a choir at the end of Gates of Paradise. Mm-hmm. Those are the two highlight parts of the album for me. And there's a lot of, like with Guilty Party and Haunt Me, there's a lot of melodic content. And that's obviously, as I said before, that's something that I really get behind. So, yeah, yeah. I, I find it quite interesting to see where people swing to as part of the albums, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Which then brings me to probably what will be my final question and you already know what it's going to be yep <laughs> favorite uh, track so hands down it's going to be so what track four just everything about that song just screams and screams and screams pure talent to me like down to the writing style like each each member with their instruments uh, vocals, lyrics. I don't know it, it's how melodic it is all the way through. It's just, it's uh, again. It would probably be one of my five uh, top five tracks of all time. It is phenomenal. There's not a lot really else I can say. Um, it's interesting because I remember having a conversation with with Tom. Obviously, he was previously okay. on the podcast, and I remember us talking about this album. And he's mm. not a massive fan of it, but he's also a massive fan of the 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 earlier albums, mm-hmm. especially the first. Um, and I think what strikes me with that, and I'm, I'm not saying this is Tom, but it strikes me as you see a lot of people who are the the whole metal gatekeepers, you know, in quotes, and you know those people who will be like oh, well, they changed. Why have they got synths in their songs? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, just enjoy for what it is. Yeah. You know, and those people who are usually making those comments are usually the people that have listened to the song once. Um, Did you just elbow your mic? Uh, yeah, I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I feel like they're the people that listen to it on a surface layer and go, oh, it's nothing special. Yeah. But then when you actually delve into it, I feel like that's when you really get into the, the meat of an album, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I'm very, very, very stubborn on listening to new music. Um, it does take me quite a while to listen to an album. Yeah. Uh, if like A new album by a, a band that I've been listening to for years, because I have that fear that, obviously, they've spent months, if not years, like creating another set list um and i i like how bands sound that's why i listen to them yeah but if they then change it to a point where it's too drastic like for instance we were saying on the last episode um 
with Avenged Sevenfold. Like, I, I love Nightmare. Uh, but then they, further on down the line, they went to make the, uh, to the stage. It was just too much, too different for me. And it's, again, it's a great album, like musically, but it doesn't hit in the same way for me as the previous stuff does. Um, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very hesitant on listening to new albums by bands that I like. But when I listened to this, I, again, I was like, oh, it's okay. It's not really jumping out at me. But then I really give it a good go. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was just listening to it on repeat every day. And I don't know. I, I, it just came to me and just really stood out. I think I'd, I, I was listening to it from more of a like a music producer kind of point of view. Um, like that's when we really started uh, like getting into doing the music again. Yeah. And I was picking out parts where, like as an average listener, you wouldn't really like take notes as in-depth as that. And it started inspiring me to like, want to start playing guitar again and like, doing it properly so I, I don't know it just has a lot of a lot of meaning to me for like inspiration towards music writing myself oh definitely and i think it was one of those albums i think i listened to it very casually mm. and then i think you really got into it and you were like you've got to listen to this <laughs> and then i went and watched the documentary first because I'm one of those people, if someone tells me to go listen to something, I'll, I will find it in my own time mm-hmm. and then I'll act like it was my idea to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I listened to it after the documentary and I remember telling you like, you've got to watch this documentary, like it was all me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. It's interesting to see that that's your favourite song though. What's yours? Uh, I've I've got an idea. It's going to be one of three. I sound like a broken record on every episode. I, I always go, it's one of two, because yeah. I'm so indecisive. Um, <laughs> Elephant or Gates of Paradise? Oh, I like the okay. message behind Elephant, and I like the chorus. I like the yeah. h- overall vibe of Gates of Paradise, and I'm I think it's going to be that that would be my top song just because I love an effective album closer. You know, the way that you can close an album in the best way possible is just by having just a big epic. And I remember us talking about this before on one of the previous podcasts about how they end Sleep Society and it's just them talking for like 10 minutes. And I'm, I'm like, oh, after a good album, it's a really... I get the sentiment. Cool way of executing it. Yeah, I understand the sentiment, and I, I, I've, I appreciate it. But I'm like, I'd rather hear you just break the walls down for like ten minutes. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gates of Paradise is like probably the longest track on the album, or what feels like the longest. Um, uh, you would be correct. And it grows and it changes, and I think it's the perfect way of ending the album. Mm. So you, you don't see many bands nowadays like do such well put such an epic strong song right at the very end of the album. Like 
Yeah. Again, they probably fear that people's attention spans run out a lot quicker than they'd hope it to, and they cram all the not the stronger songs towards the start, so they get more plays. I feel like if you're looking at it in that sense, that's the obviously that's the the general aspect of modern streaming. But if you're mm-hmm. aiming for the real fans, it's the real fans that will stick around for that. Absolutely. It's like it's it's like when you go to a gig. I remember going to a Reading Festival years ago and seeing Jimmy Eat World on the main stage. Mm. And I, I'll never forget it. They played the middle first. Oh, cross. Because it's their biggest song. And you know there will be people that have listened to it on Kerrang. And I'll be like, oh, my God, it's the band that did the middle. They play <laughs> the middle first, and then the audience disappear, and the lead singer was like, all right, now our real fans are here. Again, and the then, there's, then there's the rest of the set list, whereas you'll see bands. Who was that... Um, who was that Scottish band who did that song? Uh, the same Jeans song. You know what I'm on about. Um, I can't remember what they're jeans. called. I've got the same jeans on for four days now. Do you not remember it? Okay, I sound I mental. <laughs> but that song like was so big during one of the summers. And I remember seeing them at, I think it was Leeds, something mm. like that. And they had a packed crowd and they stuck around just to hear that song, and the band knew that, so they played it at the end. I mean, it's quite clever in both aspects, like between Jimmy Eat World and whoever this other band is. Um, like purely for the fact you're going to get more people, well, more eye time if you have all the main songs at the end. But then you can, like, on the flip side, you can get rid of all the time wasters, uh, like by playing. Like the main song at the start. Yeah, so it's kind of like, would but, you rather have your true fans or would you rather have like all these people who are just kind of standing there waiting for that one song just to go mental for one song, hoping yeah. that they like a few of these people might hear another song that you play and be like, oh, this is pretty good. It's difficult. And I suppose mm. it, it really depends on how big of a band you are at that time as well. Oh, 100%. And I, I feel like some of the best bands that I've found and discovered have been from just being at a festival, just kind of just happening to just see them, you know. Mm-hmm. When we were at Download and we saw the Interrupters. Yeah, they were really That was cool, by man. accident and they're very good. They're a really fun mm-hmm. band to see. So, yeah, I feel like you've also got to be open-minded and you've got to be prepared to listen to new music and hear new stuff because if if not you'll miss the best stuff yeah definitely that's one that i'm really looking forward to going next year because i know there's a lot of bands even though I, uh, the lineup for download 2022 was stronger than 2019 for me um but there's a lot of a lot of new bands that i've heard of but i've never really listened to so i'm excited to actually see them we'll have to do that on one of the episodes to just visit all of next year's lineups for festivals. Yeah. And definitely. just see what we like the look of. But we Absolutely. are rolling towards the end. This one's been a little bit longer compared to what we said last week of, oh, we're going to keep it a little bit shorter. But obviously this is going to happen when we're talking about an album that we really love. So if you are still here, thank you for being here as usual. Thank you. Um, the usual stuff. If you are watching us and our lovely faces, Thank you for being here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Um, If you're listening on 
the Spotify's, the Apple Podcastings and all that sort of stuff. Make sure you follow and, you know, you can give us a rating and stuff like that. It helps. Um, five stars. We'll read it out next time. Yeah, so obviously in the last <laughs> episode we responded to a, albeit confusing question, um, but we haven't actually put out that episode yet at this point of recording, so we don't have a question to respond to in this episode. But if you do want to put a question in, Remember, you can be on the podcast and we will read it out or we'll listen to it and we will respond. You can be on the podcast. So without further ado, we will see you very, very soon. And let us know what you want to see in the next podcast. Toodles. Peace.